and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, nice booming announcer voice right there. That was good. <laughs> that was good. You almost had like a Johnny Carson, and your host. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I liked it. Now, now, see, now you're getting into it. I guess it must be the holiday season. Have you heard any holiday music yet? Uh, yes, but not on purpose. Not on purpose. Well, who would voluntarily do it right now? Uh, I mean, I used to listen to it like starting in November because my dad would like once Halloween was over, Christmas started for him. I mean, they'll do Thanksgiving sure. stuff like that, but he was he was a huge Christmas guy. So. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, and he listened to it a lot of times. But I was watching uh, something. Uh, like on Facebook or something like that. I follow these uh, football players, uh, Jason and Travis Kelsey. They're real big right now because one of them is dating Taylor Swift. But I was following them beforehand because uh, last year was the Kelsey Bowl. It, they were the brothers facing each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so that. I was watching like their podcast and stuff like that. And I actually really enjoy them. They have a good camaraderie. I like Jason Kelsey a lot. He's a O-lineman, so he's, he's gruff. And he's funny. Like, he's got, like, that dry wit that I like. And so I've been following them. And apparently, and I just saw a thing about it, the Eagles' offensive line and just the Eagles' team made a Christmas album. <laughs> and so I just got a preview of it. And shockingly enough, they have a New Zealand or Australian rugby player playing offensive line. He's, like, six foot nine, 300 and some odd pounds. He's one of their offensive linemen. It's got a voice of an angel. Kind of reminds me, uh, not the voice-wise, but the fact that you don't expect that voice coming out of him. Like, uh, what is his name? Uh, the Somewhere Over the Rainbow uh, Hawaiian guy. The Hawaiian, um, yeah. Isaac or Isaiah or something like that. Izzy. Izzy, yeah. Yeah, Izzy. It's like that voice coming from that guy, yeah. you don't expect it. And this, like I said, this dude is a six foot nine offensive lineman who used to yeah. play rugby and... He's got a a beautiful voice. Like they were doing the um the video I saw, he was doing the uh, Mariah Carey song, and he was hitting the notes pretty darn well. Like it wasn't bad at all. I have to show it to you off the off camera. I, so I've been I've actually decided this year I'm going to count how many times I hear that song just out of my own curiosity. I'm already at one. Oh jeez. And I don't seek it. Mind you, I haven't really been out of the, the the house since November, since after Halloween. That's usually when the Christmas starts sure. running. I went to a doctor's appointment on Monday, and that's all I've really done. Because, I mean, mind you, what is it? The the day it started like what last week? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we're only in the sixth, seventh of November. Yeah, I had so. a doctor's appointment. Uh, when we went shopping, surprisingly, I didn't hear uh, hear it. So yeah, I I heard some Christmas music, but I didn't hear. The song. The song. The song. Have you, uh, how's your Whamageddon going so far? My Whamageddon? Yeah, you don't know, you don't play Whamageddon? No. You want to try to see how long you can last before oh, you can I've hear heard of this. Wham's uh, Last Christmas. It, see, like, I always hear Mariah Carey way before Wham. Yeah, no, exactly. But how does I, that one go? I'm not singing it because <laughs> I don't want to get Whamageddon, no. But, um... Can you it, play it for me so I know? Um, when it happened... To me last year, I lost it in frickin' uh, August because I was watching, like, I, I don't know what TV show I was watching, but the, I I was binging something, and it was a Christmas episode, and they played that song, and I'm like, God, it's August! <laughs> you already lost. 
It lasts long before people even considered it. So, so far, I've been good. I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't heard it yet. So, no. I made it to November, so I consider that a success because in 2020, That's... I was watching, I think it was, or I think it was like 2021, 2022, I was watching Ted Lasso and I heard it pretty darn early. So, I was like, you got to be kidding me. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I'll start listening for it now. <laughs> I mean, like, seeing if I hear it, but that, I, I bet you I'll at least hear, like, the Mariah Carey song a dozen, t- oh, a dozen yeah. times before when. Man, I was hearing the Mariah Carey song because they were making memes about it on, oh, yeah. um, like, TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah. It was on Jimmy Fallon that I, that I heard it. <laughs> that was the whole premise of the joke, because I... All right, guys, and it's midnight on Halloween, and here we go. Play the song. <laughs> exactly. As <laughs> I roll it. Like, play and on roll the... Mariah Carey. <laughs> That's right. All, All right. right, but with that being said, man, we've we've been going, what, five minutes already? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> Just oh, talking about Christmas. Well, stuff. maybe. You know, look at the recording okay. number. It's five minutes. Well, you know, when we're having fun, time just flies on by, you know? Yeah, but we're talking about Christmas stuff. True. And we're doing... Uh, thanksgiving episodes that's right so let's get into it then yeah speaking of uh thanksgiving episodes this will be a fun one um yeah our whole premise this episode is quite simple since this is now starting to get into the holiday season Mm -hmm. we like to give you a valuable resource since you're going to be spending a lot of time with your non-gamer probably family friends people who just don't quite yet understand or know the hobby that we are into or you just you don't want to listen to the weird uncle, so you gather your cousins to go play a, a game. Exactly. <laughs> we're talking about games that you can play with non-gamers. We have some great recommendations that we're going to be telling you. Or really, this episode should be, instead of games to play with non-gamers, games to avoid uncle, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> like Twilight Imperium, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Mario Fanatics, absolutely. I can't imagine the single person who wouldn't run for the hills after maybe hour five. <laughs> You know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I do like Twilight Imperium, though. That is a fun game. I'm still one of the few in our group. You're the only one in our group. Just saying. Just saying. Well, sir. we need to do, like, an all-day gaming. We were supposed to do it, uh, we were supposed to go to, like, the cabin or something like that, and never yeah. ended up doing that. Never did it. No, well, maybe we'll just rent one. Let's just, let's just rent one one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? So, but I'm yeah, not spending a lot on hotels anyway, so it's fine. The thing is, games to play for uh, with non gamers, yep, uh, is our topic here. But I'm looking forward to this one because, again, here in America, it is Thanksgiving time. Uh, we're filming this on the 7th of November, yep. which means Thanksgiving's what 17 days away. I think yep. it's on the 24th this year, so it, it's on the 4th. Uh, it's on the fourth Thursday every fourth year, Thursday every which year. is the twenty yeah. fourth this year. Yes. So it's fourteen day or seventeen days away. Yep. So less than three weeks for us for this holiday. Yep. And so last week we did something funny because you got to feed yep. the people for most the people, Uve Rosenberg, Rosenberg, Rosenberg games. games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then next week, stick around because we'll be. I'm looking up at this new edition <laughs> of uh, schedule. Uh, we'll be talking about big potato games. So we'll be looking. And then at of that. course, just to keep up with the feed the people aspect of it, the uh, the board game brainstorm this year or this month is Agricola. That's right. So stick tuned for that. Um, we're going to be getting into this right now. Daniel, what have you been playing lately? So there's a few games on here, and like I said, I'm going to do my last two things are going to be little cheaty aspects because it just deals with like a series of stuff. But the first game I want to talk about is the Halloween game we played on Day of the Dead. Uh, finally was able to get a 
play of a game that's been on my shelf of shame for six years. Finally off. Is it, Finally is it off. off it's, it's right there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. I understand why a lot of people do like this. Mm -hmm. Of course, Fantasy Flight just doesn't know how to make a short game. And this game no. is Fury of Dracula. No, they don't. Um, like I said, finally off the shelf of shame after, what, six years or so? Probably longer than that. Yeah, probably. It, it, I bought it when Fantasy Flight lost the license, which I think was like either 2015 or 2016. So it's about seven years now that's yeah. been on my shelf of shame. Because uh, it was on sale at Barnes & Nobles. Uh, I think I got it for like 30% off or something like that. So I was like, yoink, and it's going to go out of print. Did not know WizKids was immediately going to reprint the exact same game right away I, we just knew that fantasy flight lost a license so no. uh i like what it does it's really cool our friend dom kicked our butt because yes we, it wasn't even close it wasn't he played dracula because none of us were like eh wasn't really too interested to play dracula i mean we were all interested but i was giving the option for everybody just to do dracula and so no one was really up to doing it so i was like you know what I'll randomize it in our app. Whoever gets selected as the first player becomes Dracula. Because this way, everybody, it's its fair. Everybody gets a shot at it. Yep. He ended up picking it up. And both you and me, when that happened, we're like, we're losing. Yep, we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to lose. Uh, and the thing I don't like is that you have to play with all the hunters. And so yes. you have to play. Uh, for, since it was a three-player game, you and me had to run two characters. Right. Which, that was less of a problem. Yes, because of how they did the, yeah. the, the, the way they work. Because when you're the hunters, you get two actions a day. You get a day action and a night action. Yep. Uh, and you only do one action. And the only time you can actually move is during the day part of your action. So if you want to get somewhere and be like, where is Dracula at? Then you have to... Um, only move in the day and then i yeah. love the way the train track system works and the big part of it too is like we don't want to prepare at night because he's gonna get cards possibly right so that's when we were doing our i'm gonna take a train ticket yep. for my night action almost always always a tank ticket yeah yeah uh but it was it was really fun i really like the characters that we played um I, we just got our butts handed to us because we didn't see a thing. And, I mean, you saw it, like, after the fact because that's how you used it. But we're like, okay, he's over here in, like, the uh, U.K. We're going to go beeline. You went beelined into, like, Spain area to see if you went down that way. Yeah. And then I beelined up to the northern part of the ports thinking he's okay because we were thinking he was in the English Channel. But instead yes. he went all the way to the North Sea. So by the time we figured out where he was... Um, he his, wasn't. He wasn't. He had already <laughs> ported and made it into Central Europe. <laughs> yeah. By the time we had all set ourselves up in the North Coast, I, like I think I was right. in France, and Austria, or uh, in that general area, and you were down up in the northern ports of Spain and Portugal. So we kind of had them all blocked off, and he threw storms out there, so we couldn't go into the sea to go try to find him. Yeah, and he blocked us really well. Yeah, he bluffed yeah. so well. It was so fun. I did enjoy it. It was a it was a bit of a long game, but yeah, honestly, it's not something I'm going to play all the time, but. If I want to play something that's going to take a few hours and gives you that good Halloween feel, yeah, I'm going to pick this one up. Or I'm going to play this one. Uh, put this oh, no, it's like, man, <laughs> you've been renting it for six years? Yeah, but so I will, I'll, I will get it back yet. to the table just because how much I really enjoyed it. Good deal. Yeah, I mean, you obviously liked it more than I did. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't dislike it, but I did 
not like the going in circles for three hours Arch. straight <laughs> and then just going, you know, like because even though we had one action per turn, mm-hmm. then it still slogged. Like, yeah, that, that was, was my big problem. Is that it's like I and I can play plenty of games that are like you know there's some time in between turns that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean after like when uh, when we found out that he was in Central Europe or Central. Yeah, our whole thing was we're trying to figure out where he was. Then. Yeah, and, and then, then we're just like, wow, okay, that's pretty. Once much... he got into the sea, and then he got somewhere else. We're like, yeah, we lost. We're just trying to yeah. kind of figure out where he's going. Right, we're we're no different than at the beginning of the game. And the thing is, we got our our most powerful cards in the very beginning of the game. That's how we were yeah. trying to figure that he went into the northern ports. Yeah. Because one of my cards was like, hey, find out what sea card he played. Like one of the sea cards he played. Okay, that's where we knew he was. But yeah, afterwards, when it, it, that's just luck of the draw, in all honesty. Sure. If we got better event cards and stuff like that could be played, it would have been helpful. But we didn't yeah. get really good ones. When we were drawing from the bottom, because we just needed to get into those cycles, like the like four cards in a row went straight to him. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, we knew we were going to lose once he got Dracula, but it was still fun. I did enjoy it. Cool. Uh, the first game I wanted to talk about was, uh, speaking of games and non-gamers, um, uh, a couple Fridays ago, a friend of ours came over, uh, a mutual friend of ours, and he brought with a, an old friend of his that was coming down here to visit. Um, his, his friend lives up in Colorado now. And okay. He came down, and I was like, so, what kind of games are you interested in? He was like, I'm just here. So that tells me, non-gamer, right? Yeah. Which is totally fine. So I was like, cool. Well, seemed like a cool dude. Let's find some games. And the first game we played was one that uh, our mutual friend Jim just absolutely adores this game. Ever since we first played it, he just loves it. And it's called Dinosaur Tea Party. Oh, I love that game. Restoration games, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the rules actively encourage you to talk in a British accent. Mm-hmm. And so, at one point, I tried to pull off a spit take with my with Jim, because we were we we're playing. And I was like, at first, I was like, well, you know, uh, we could do we could talk in a generic British accent, like so, like ra- rather proper, you yeah. know, in London. And then I went to Liverpoolian, and then I went on to like almost a Beatle or John Lennon, <laughs> like not emphasizing the two or the new, you know. And then at one point he was taking a drink, and I was the new character. I said, "Oi, bro, ain't you scared, isn't it?" <laughs> as violently loud and stereotypical as I could, and he just like almost like went into tears laughing. It was great. And, like, the game itself is fine. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a fine deduction game. It's a nice game. little filler deduction game. But that over-the-top, like, just, yeah. there's very few games that I like to role-play to that level, and that one just makes the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if you can't do a British accent or a proper accent or whatever, making it sound Tea Party, yet, just just gun it in the worst way possible, yeah. and it's hilarious. Yeah. I'm not a big into role-playing, but I could try to get to, like, a hoity-toity voice. Yeah, if I really... Yeah. If I'm really working at it, but it's like, indubitably. Indubitably. Or when they get something wrong, it's like, well, I never. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just always pull that up. It, it works every time. Dinosaur Tea Party, that was the first one I wanted and, to And again, about, yeah. sorry for our, our headphones listeners, because... <laughs> I apologize. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Hopefully I've made some people do a spit take here. <laughs> Alright, so my next game here uh, is another game we played that same night. It was a little quick card game. Uh, this one was called Sea Salt and Paper. Oh, that's right. We did play another game. Yeah, we played two <laughs> games that night because we got Fury Dracula done within three hours. Sure. It was like 9.30 when we finished. So we could bust out a little card game. Uh, and we played Sea Salt and Paper. I was ex- excited to play this one. 
One, mm-hmm. I love the artwork in that game. It yeah. is interesting what they did because they, they, it's like they took pictures of origami. Yeah, and just I think that's printed. exactly what they did. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's gorgeous. It's odd. It's different. You don't really see anything like that anywhere. And the thing about this one is, it's your 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 main actions are first off, you're drawing cards, either one off the two discard piles or uh, two off the top, and then you have to discard in one of the two discard piles. And if one of the discard piles is empty, you have to discard in the empty one. Uh, and then if you have duo cards, there are cards that kind of work together. So it's like crabs, boats, uh, there was a swimmer and a shark that work together. And you need two of those. When you can play those, you put them down. They're going to be points for you at the end of the round. And then they also have different abilities. So one of them allowed you to take an immediate next turn. Another one allowed you to draw a card off a discard pile. So they had little cool powers. Uh, another thing I liked about it, too, was the gambling point aspect. Now, we didn't really play on that aspect because it was more no. along the lines of, I'm just going to get my points. Because when you think you have seven points or you know you have seven points, you can call mm-hmm. the um, call it. And you could say, all right, that's it. Or there's another one, I think, it's what it is, is uh, one more round or something, one more, one more term, yeah. something like that. There, there's two different terms for it. There's yeah. one that just, oh, it's stop is the, the first turn. It's where everybody just scores the cards in their hands and the cards on their table. And so the cards work in different ways. So, like, you get a point. Like, if you have the mermaid, if you have four mermaids and you play it, you win the game immediately. And it's played one round per player, if I remember correctly, because mm-hmm. yeah, we played three rounds. And, oh, no, we played as many rounds as until someone hit the threshold, which I think for three players was 35 points. Uh, so I think we ended up playing, like, four rounds or something like that. Yeah. And so, but yeah, if you have the four mermaids, you automatically do it. But the way the mermaids are, they give you a point, and then the, you score uh, one of your colors that you have the most of, and you get a point for all that. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, um, it's a really neat game. I liked it a lot. I'm like, this is going to go into, like, my filler card games uh, thing. It's it's like a perfect how we played it, too. It's the end of a night kind of game. Yeah. Just boom, boom, boom. After, like, a heavy, sloggish game, you can just play this, and you're good. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a great way to do it. So, uh, Luminous, welcome. Thank welcome, Luminous. And we're talking about, it just depends. I got some party games in here. I got some, like, quick games if you want to play with your cousin or something like that. It's mainly just because uh, here in America, it, Thanksgiving's coming around. It's a holiday season. We got the other yep. holidays coming up, too. Christmas, New Year's, you know, parties and stuff like that. So, we just did, like, different types of games that you play with non-gamers, whether it's family members or... You teach a lot of non-gamers at the shop, so yep. just All stuff the time. like that. People wander in. Yep, gotta do it. Always got hive in your backpack. Good choice. There you go. And so yeah, so sea salt and paper actually forced me to get a third uh, container because I put all my little card games in photo cases. Yeah. Because they're easier to take around and uh, set up. And the thing is, I got a third one, and then I got a label maker now, so they're all in alphabetical order. <laughs> That's pretty great. All right, and. Uh... All I know is I oh. never play games with my cousins. Oh, I, I mean, please do tell us in the, in yeah. the comments why. And welcome, and Carl. welcome. Pleasure. All right, and so the next game I wanted to talk about uh, was that same game night. This was the second game we played as a group. Um, same friend. He had a great time playing the overly British game. Yeah. At Dinosaur Tea Party. We decided to uh, play another, it, kind of like a speed party-esque kind of game. Yeah. And so we played Not So Fast by Smirk and Dagger. <laughs> and which is an absolute riot. Like, I pulled out the shelf and was like, yeah, it's been a while. Let's go ahead and try this one. And then explaining the rules, they're kind of looking at me like, huh? Like, 
Okay, so you flip it over, it's either going to be a cashew, or there's going to be a walnut, or there's going to be um, pistachio. If it's any of those, if there's exactly four of them amongst two cards, mm -hmm. then reach for it. Unless there's two pairs of four, then instead get the almond. And if there's seven of something, then get the almond instead of whatever they're... And I'm explaining this, and it's like all these are weird edge cases, and they're like, okay, all right, I'm curious, but... And at first, it, was, it always has that little bit of move. It's like, all right, but if a funny pose comes out or a nutty pose, you have to do the pose or whatever. Yeah. And it's just watching people. It's like everyone's like, immediately pull up their hands above their head, and then everyone like, looks like, you were the last one. <laughs> you take the cards. And it, it, it's an absolute riot. That game never, 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 like, fails to get people laughing. When nuts go flying everywhere, and the wooden pieces get knocked off the table, and cards are flying... Like, oh, they're not supposed to do the pose, and they do something completely different. It's it's a riot. Um, I can highly recommend that one, but nice. uh, that's just what we played, and it went over really well, and he decided to end the night on that night. So, after two quick games, he was out for the night, and he, yeah, he seemed nice. almost like uh, out of breath, because... Of <laughs> well, that, 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 that game could... Yeah. I haven't played it. I, I've seen people play it. It is my favorite nut-themed game, by far. I own a few, but that is my favorite. The other one is um, uh, nuts, like or go nuts, go nuts. It's a squirrel theme where you're trying to gather nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that one's pretty fun. But yeah, there you go. That was my number two. All right. So the next game I'm gonna play about, and this is the one of the first ones I told you that is gonna be a bit cheaty, and it's because I am putting Deckscape. <laughs> I played the three copies of Deckscape that I oh, own. Okay. Um, I played... I'm really uh, curious about your thoughts on these. Uh, Curse of the Sphinx, okay. Dracula's Castle, and The Fate of London. So I played three of them. Kind of back-to-back. -back. I played two on one day and one on the next day. Okay. Just to get some games done on the weekend. I kind of wanted to sure. get them played. Was it just you? Yeah, it was just me, solo-wise. Okay. Uh, the wife was playing in her garden, so I'm like, I'm just sitting here doing huh. nothing. I'll just bust these out. So the one I uh, am picking is, like, the Dracula's Curse. That was the first one I played. Okay. Honestly... I see why you're not a huge, huge fan of them. Okay. They were just okay. The puzzles were fine. Some of them were really neat, what they were doing. Uh, but you're just constantly moving, so there's no... Right. There's, kind no, of, there's, there's no, no penalty. Yeah. Well, and, and there is penalties because you yeah, have a box sure. and stuff like that. But it's always going to end. And uh, the ones I played, there was good endings and there was bad endings. So there was that aspect of mm -hmm. it as well. But like I said, the puzzles are okay. Uh, okay. There's some really good ones like in Unlocked and some really neat ones in Exit. These ones yeah. are just kind of more riddles or did you take a good uh, look at the card and what was different? Like one of them was asking me about footprints in the sand or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was a few cards ago. And so I kind of, I am trying to pay as much attention as I can with these cards. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it, it was fine. Um it's just, it wasn't intriguing. Like, when I play yep. something like Unlocked, it kind of sucks me in, especially because yes. that app gives you some noise in the background. And then you also have um, Exit, where you have some really neat puzzles, and you're destroying things to make the puzzles work. Like, the, the advent calendar was really neat when every time you pull something out, you had to use it in that puzzle aspect of it. Yep. So I really was okay with it. I'm, I probably won't pick myself up other copies of Deckscape unless they're, like... Like, Dracula's uh, Castle was, like, five bucks. So I was like, okay, I'll try it for five bucks. But their normal price is, like, $15, $20. Yeah. 
Yeah, I probably would not pick it up for a full price. Somewhere around 12 15 But honestly, out of all the ones I've played, uh, Deckscape is probably not my go-to. Yeah, I and you know, I w- that's why I was curious to hear your thoughts, because was this the first time you did that Deckscape? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I had done a couple before, and yeah. it's that same... It's like, imagine you go into an escape room, and you're doing an actual escape room, right? And they're like, all right, you need to unlock this door to get into the next the next room. And they're like, answer and multi, a multiple choice question. And you're like, uh, C. Like, wrong. But you can still enter. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, and yeah. granted, the way that they approach it, there's not too much other options. But both exit and unlock offer options to, yes. to not let you proceed. And it just gives you, pen- they'll give you penalties if you do something bad. Yeah. And so then you have to figure out what else you're going to do. Exactly. Uh, this one, there was just like it was no penalty. You just keep moving. Uh, there was one uh, that I actually kind of enjoyed, the the Curse of the Sphinx, because mm-hmm. there was a bit of a timer on that one, because uh, there was something that uh, every time you did something wrong, you had to flip a card, and then there was a, a like a bad thing on there, so you had to do certain things. I don't want to give spoilers for people who want to play it. Yeah. But. Uh, right. That was the only cool thing aspect of it, but even then, some of the puzzles were really easy. So and nothing like that happened. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. Unfortunately, and I like a lot of things. What that company does, I think it's DV Gochi or yeah, DV Gochi. Yeah. Yeah. I like a lot of stuff that they do, but that's it's just the deckscapes are just underwhelming for me. Although I will say, uh, looking over at the conversation between <laughs> Luminous and Malkara, uh, sorry, we didn't mean to ignore you. I just didn't want to interrupt. You yeah. That. Actually, so, spoilers on my list, I will be honest, out of my, my eight, I did not pick Munchkin, although I did definitely consider it. Because that's, I did consider Munchkin I consider well. Munchkin more of a gateway game, mm-hmm. not something I can just play with, like, and, family members that are just never going to get into games. And, and also, to Illuminous's point, yes, it can be long, but he uh, there's a rule where you start at the fifth level. Yeah, and it makes at the fifth level, it ramps it up, that's two-thirds of the game right Yeah, there. and so, yeah, I agree, Munchkin was on my short list, and the reason why it didn't make my list is just, I remembered that, yeah. um, it was one of the games that actually got me into yeah. gaming, so, it's a it, great it, it's just game. A, but I, I was going along this list, because I was thinking about Thanksgiving, Yeah, I am not going to pull Munchkin out with my grandma at the table. No, nope, <laughs> I, I've tried teaching my mother how to play Munchkin, because my son loves it. And it's a minimum of three players, so yeah. I'll play it with him. He'll play it, but nobody else will. Yeah, and so... I will say be, this. But I do agree that is a good choice. If yes. That's, if I will say that about uh, about Munchkin, my mm-hmm. favorite is Legends. It's still my favorite. Yeah. After all the other Munchkins I have played, because I played the Marvel one, I played Munchkin. the X-Men one. Legends is great. Legends is my favorite. Have I talked about this one yet? Number one. Yes, last week. Okay, so I'm going to bring it up real quick, because I have been on my, on my played recently game... Uh, because I have a fun story about it, uh, Sky Team is a brilliant two-player game that I've been playing recently, mm-hmm. and I've been playing it with my son quite often. But most recently, a few days ago, sometime last week, um, I brought it home, and my son talked about it a little bit, and he was he he brought it up, and we told my wife about it, and she was like, okay, that you know that actually sounds kind of interesting. Which lately she's been on a kick of just I never want to play games again kind of style. <laughs> And so, like, you know what? I actually, I do think you would probably dig this. It's a two-player cooperative game with limited communication. Landing a plane. It's an interesting theme. She's like, okay, I'll give it a try. And uh, the only reason we didn't finish the game, and I don't have it on my playlist, is because we, we did sit down and we played a few turns, 
but she was having terrible stomach problems. She's lactose intolerant, and we had a bowl of cheese for lunch, basically. Long story short, in a nutshell, right? And so we played, we played it the first couple turns, and she was like, I'm sorry, I gotta go. And then I had to go to uh, my demo shop. Mm -hmm. So this was on Saturday. And she was like, and she texted me like a few minutes later. She was like, I'm really sorry I couldn't finish the game. I was actually really enjoying it. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, did I just introduce her to a new game? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, yeah. She was like, that was really neat how that was working. I'm like, I know, right? It really is. I'm so excited. So, yeah, anyway, I just want to bring that up. That's what I've been playing lately as well. Sky Team. Oh, my God, that's such a good game. I'll bring it and show you something. Okay, I think you'll really good. dig it. <laughs> the mistake was legendary. That's right. Oh, God. All right, so the last game here I'm going to talk about, and uh, it is a um, another one of the, the cheaty aspects of it because I played... A th it, this is not really a series of games. Okay. I am going to mention the one uh, that I want to talk about because I haven't mentioned it in the podcast because it's the first time I ever played it. But I, I played Marvel's Champions, and I started a... Um, what is it? A campaign with that. I started oh, the Red cool. Skull campaign. Okay. Uh, it's like, I've been wanting to play it again. I haven't played it this year. Let me bust it out. And yeah. I was playing with Captain America and Wolverine because they're going up against the uh, Hydra. Sure. I thought, okay, that's fun. So I played that. I'm like, all right, this is really good. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to bust out Arkham Horror LCG. I want to play this one again. I, I just restarted the campaign because I got that big box. I'm like, let me just, because it's been a while. Let me play it. Let me start yep. the cycles again. And I'm like, oh my god, because uh, like Marvel Champions kind of jumped up on me uh, over uh, Arkham Horror LCG because it's been so long since I played it. Mm -hmm. But now I'm sitting there thinking, I think LCG is or uh, Arkham Horror is going to move back up because I just love the way that one worked. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I just recently bought on Nerd's Day another LCG from Fantasy Flight, the the revised core set, and this is my uh, actual one I'm going to talk about, Lord of the Rings: The Card Game. Ooh, okay. And I played this one, and it's a little more convoluted than the other two. Like when you have Marvel Champions, really, you yeah. uh, you do your uh, your turn, and you play your cards out. You sure. pay for your cards with your other hand car or cards in your hands, mm -hmm. uh, and then you tap them or exhaust them to fight the monsters. And then the 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 bad guys will do their turn, and they have like different things you're doing. Uh, Honestly, Marvel Champions, when you're playing with a low player count, like one to two people, and I, I, you even admit this, when you played it at two people, you liked it better. Uh, yes. <laughs> you don't? I, I chuckle, because I, I don't, I disliked it less. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't bad, it just, it, it didn't. It, it still didn't wow me, even Yeah, but one still, it, it was quicker, snappier turns when you're playing yeah. it as one player. It was or more tolerable, player. for yes. sure. Yes, when you're playing four players, I wouldn't recommend it. And yeah. same thing with Arkham Horror. Uh, so, but it's very simple to play. You, yeah. you use your cards to either put down, and you pay for it with your cards in your hand. You use your abilities to either do this or that to the bad guy. It's straightforward compared to some other uh, card games. Uh, Arkham Horror LCG... Uh, does a lot of the same things except for you're using your cards to boost your your skill checks, and the but the way the the way you uh, <laughs> do Lord of the Rings, every round consists of seven steps. 
And you have to do it in that order every time you do it. With Arkham Horror, I, uh, I get my resources. I do the Mythos phase. The bad things happen at the very start of the round, except for the first round. Sure. Then you do your player turn. You get three actions. Uh, then you get your... Um, uh, if there's monsters out there, they attack you. Mm-hmm. And then once you're done with that, it's clean up. You move into the next round. Mythos phase starts. You do your actions again. Very quick. Uh, you gain your resources. You draw your cards. You use your resources to pay for your cards out on the table. So it's really, really simple with that kind of stuff. This one, you gain your resources. You have three heroes in front of you that whole time. Uh, you always have three heroes. And you pay resources to put cards out. A lot of them are allies, or you could do attach attachments and stuff like that. Then you have to choose, the next stage is you have to choose if someone's going to go on a quest. So there's three things you got to worry about. You got your questing, you got your attack, and you got your defenses. Okay, I'm going to send these characters to quest because they can give me quest points. Well, then you have to pull cards off the top of the, the bad deck, and they will add to or uh, to the success or failure or stuff like that. But they go in a staging area. So that's only you check the staging area if you're going to see if you're going to pass or fail a check. Once that's done, okay, I sent all these to quest. All right, there we go. Now, if there's a bad guy in the staging area, or after that, you could choose to go to a location and make it active, which means you pull the location off the staging area and bring it down to the thing. And when you quest, you could choose to quest on your actual quest to help move the chapter along, or quest to get rid of the location. This way you can pull a second location down later on. And then you have your attack. So if there's a monster over there, you can engage with the monster. Or you could choose not to do it, and the monster's going to engage with somebody. And then you go into the attack phase. <laughs> Dude, okay. All right. All right, just make it stop. Then I'm you sorry. go into the attack phase. And I'll then never the monster... tell you again. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then the monster uh, will attack first, and he gets a boost card. Now you got to defend, if he's in your tableau, who you're going to defend with. Because remember, every time you do something, if you're going to quest... You, you tap your character, you exhaust your character, sure. they're going to do the questing. Can't use them in this round. So if you're going to attack the guy, then you have to exhaust your character for defense. Sometimes that's good if you got a character that retaliates, which means they'll do damage. And then you got to do like the, the success or unsuccess, depending on like how much damage the monster is doing to your defender. And then that defender takes damage. And then after that no, you're still in the combat phase, because that was the monster's attack. He gets a shadow card that can boost his attack. After that's said and done, then you could choose to use your characters to attack the monster, and you do the same thing. If you defeat the monster, he goes away. And you do that every single time, and then you go into a cleanup phase, and then you start it all over again. It is, my god... The most convoluted living card game I have ever played. I do not know if it's going to stay in my collection. Because I'm like, Arkham Horror LCG, very snappy turns. Uh, Marvel Champions, very snappy turns. This thing took me like 15 minutes to go to the first round because I had to keep going back and forth to review how it's said and done. My God. I'm going to try the campaign to see if it gets any better. But my God, it this is, and this is the revised core set. So these are the cleaner rule sets. I don't know if I'm gonna keep this one just because the other two play so much better. But yeah, that is Lord of the Rings, the card game, the revised core. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ooh, I went into a coma for a moment there. Yes, but oh does it not sound convoluted? 
Dude, I checked out an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I played, like, one of those games, like, uh, like, Lord of the Rings, like, some kind of, one of those card games, like, back in the day. Yeah. But. <sighs> it's seven phases just for a round, and then each of those phases has, like, this mini thing, like, the location thing, and the staging thing, and the questing thing. A lot of that would have just been so much better digital. Like, where oh, all of that upkeep And just... we have it digitally. I probably would rather do it on digital oh, yeah. than keeping the physical game. But yeah, I was like, hey, it, it was, like, 20 physical. bucks on Nerds Day. I'll try it out, because I like the other two LCG games. Yeah. I love Lord of the Rings. <clears throat> Honestly, I'd rather play that big box Lord of the Rings that's based off Mansions of Mana than this one again. Yeah, I don't blame you. All right, uh, let's see what the audience <laughs> played. Arkham Horror with 16 players. players. That is obscene. Yeah, but the age does show, unfortunately. Not a game for non-gamers. Yeah, probably not. And just get War of the Ring, the card game. I've heard actually good things about that one. Yeah, I, I have heard really good things yeah. about that one. I do want to try that one, but it's just... Like I said, I like the other LCGs. Oh. This is the revised set. That's the thing. Yeah. This is like the new one that they fixed the, the, the rules up. on. Yeah, yeah. and I'm yeah. like... Well, it's probably more balanced, but it doesn't mean it that does, there's yeah. less upkeep, right? And then, like I said, yeah, and the thing about it with that one, too, is that you can do the deck building, and you can choose your heroes. I just did the basics ones, where, like, all my heroes were, like, in the inspiration deck this way, because when you have, when you do your own deck building, if you pay, you get a card, yeah. you have to make sure the resources you're paying for them come from the proper person, and I'm like, mm, -mm yeah. I'm not dealing with this. And the thing is, you only get three resources a turn because you get one for each hero you have in front of you. And if right. one of your heroes die, you only get two resources now. And some of these cards, one of the cards I had was six resources. Yeah, it's not really revised. It, it's more of a reprint. It's just, honestly, I, I'd rather keep the other two and just sell that one. Honestly. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're already convinced. I, mean, I want to try the, the part of the campaign aspect sure. of it just to see if it gets it any better. But just how convoluted that first play was, like I said, it took me 15 minutes to play one round. Yeah, yeah. Where is That's it, a big it took me 15 minutes to get halfway through Arkham Horror LCG. Because once I remembered, I'm like, boom, 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 real snappy. Like, yeah. the first time I ever played LC, the Arkham Horror LCG, my first turn did not take me 15 minutes. It took me, like, five just because I was reading through the rule book as I'm playing. Sure. This one took me 15 minutes because I had to read each phase to figure out what the hell are you talking about here? Yeah. Because <laughs> you have the... Oh, and there's no player reference cards. Like Arkham Horror Shame. LCG Marvel Champions give you reference cards sure. for how the actions turn. This doesn't. You have to read the back of the rule book and then it just gives you the slight reference. Well, they couldn't print enough of the <laughs> card. Yeah, was... That would have to be like a .3 font. <laughs> yeah, of course. Was... Oh, man. It sucked. I, I mean... I don't know. I... I... I may sell the copy to, like, a friend or something like that if he wants to pick up a second. Why game. would you wish that? Upon? No, I'm just kidding. Our mutual friend Dom likes to pick up extra copies for, like, family members sure. or something like that if they like it. I'm like, hey, there's one coming up right here if you want to do right. it. Exactly. <laughs> what was your last game? Uh, the last game I wanted to talk about. I think I actually played it in quicker than one round of <laughs> No, actually, so. Th this was a fun little game. It's a new game um, called Forever Home. Oh, okay. The, yeah. the one from the people, Birdwood Games, I think is what they're called? Yeah, Birdwood, Birdhouse, something like that. Yeah. The, the, the makers of Dog Park. Yeah, Birdwood. Yeah. And the way that this game works is pretty interesting. It is a, it is a uh, one to five player, uh, kind of like logistics puzzle, right? What you're trying to do is you're trying to get uh, different dog breeds into your, into your training area, your training yard. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's a, I think, a 6 by 6 grid that you can put them in. And then you're getting training cards where you have to put them in certain orders, which I guess represent, like, them, like, interacting in certain ways or doing different tricks, whatever. But, um, like, for example, let's say you have two uh, light-colored, two dark-colored. That means two, two dogs of one color, two dogs of, the second, of a second color mm -hmm. paired up one above the other. And you can flip and mirror and rotate however you want, but as long as they're in that pattern. Yeah. Then what makes this interesting is that once you complete a training card, it's worth anywhere from like up to a few points, somewhere worth zero points. And then when you play it, you have to rehome a number of those dogs. So for example, if that, if that needs four dogs, I might get two points out of it, but I also need to rehome two of those dogs. Okay. But then those rehoming goes into one of four places above your board. Um, whether it's city, suburbs, uh, uh, where else in a foster home, something like that, um, uh, rural, or uh, a foster home. Okay. Once you rehome them, they're going to score in different ways, too, at the end of the game. So not only are you trying to like solve those the logistics puzzle of positioning them in the right way, mm -hmm. knowing which ones you want to rehome, which ones you want to leave on the board so you can get better trading cards and get other ones using the ones that you already have on there, so, like, if I get a pair of blue and a pair of yellow dogs, and I have to rehome two of them, I might get rid of a full pair of one of them to try and use two of the same color dogs for a different training card. Okay. And then I might send them both into, or one to the suburbs and one to the city, depending on which patterns that each of those score. It's a cute little game. The art is amazing because they have an amazing artist. I don't oh, yeah. remember who the artist was on yeah, that Yeah, no, because but... it's the same. I think it's the same artist from Dog Park. Yeah, yeah. Great art. Mm -hmm. Great components. The bag felt nice. The tokens are fine. Good pieces. You have little dog meeples. Which nice. also, at the end of the game, you shake up the, the dog meeples at the beginning, sorry. And you put them out on certain spots, and that'll be points goes to whoever has the majorities, either in their training yard or rehomed or different homes, stuff like that, okay. at the end of the game. It was really neat. Um, cool little puzzle. I liked it a lot. I can highly recommend it. Forever Home. I have to check that one out. I did like Dog Park, so I want to see how it is. I like very Dog different Park. game. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, very different game. But I, I like Dog Park so much that I backed the the most recent Kickstarter for the. Um... I still haven't played my copy of Dog Park. Have you played Dog Park? I've never played Dog Park. It's really I need cool. To fix I, it. I, I own it. I like the never game. It. It's really neat what it is. I love the art on it. That's right. It's funny. You got Forever Home or Forever Home. Uh-huh. Later, and you've already played it, and you haven't touched yes. Dog Park. Uh, yeah, I think, that was like a 15-minute game. Yeah, yeah, and I think a big part of it, too, is that Dog Park has a dummy player for two players only. Yes, and that I'm not okay with. Yeah. Well, no, no it's not so much a dummy player. It actually just blocks off certain spots. Yeah, spots, there, yeah. Which, that's cool. That's fine. That's fine, yeah. Yeah, it just makes the board tight. All right, you ready to get into our actual topic? All right, so we're going to talk about games for non-gamers. If you're spending time with your friends or family, ones that just say, okay... You know what, Daniel? One game tonight. Yes. Because that's what I hear all the time. I'm hanging out with them. If they tolerate it, they're like, one game. That's all I'll do. These are going to be my go-to. Yeah, most of these are my go-to. I also went along the lines of, like, what is something easy to teach to, like, the non-gamer aspect yep. of it. Also, sub, uh, like, one of my favorite games is Little Devils. It's one of the easiest trick-taking games to teach. Because it's always like someone's gonna set it, and then you're also you don't want to take a trick because it's going to uh, give you negative points. Mm -hmm. Real easy, but 
someone who's religious, like my grandmother, who's Catholic, sit playing a game with devils on it, she's not going to want to deal with it yet. Right. So even though I love that game a lot, I think it's a pretty simple trick-taking. And the thing that's another thing I went through is that a lot of people understand, like, simple card like card games so sure. i was trying to come up with stuff that would be close to that sure uh and, and uh, also stuff that like dice games people are familiar with how dice uh, work mm-hmm. and those kind of stuff so yeah so that's what i came up with on my list is just stuff that's real simple that i can play with a wide variety yeah so please by all means if you're in our chat post which ones are your go-to games Luminous, thank you for sharing. Boop, absolutely i've been showing that off all weekend and it was gangbusters people loved it uh, also, I was trying to think of something. I was going to say something else. Um, but yeah, I didn't pick any, like... Well, how did you put these in order, actually? Uh, I put, like, I guess the easiest ones, like, the ones I would do most uh, with non-gamers. Like, if if I had to go to a Thanksgiving yes. dinner with my family, which you game... number one? What, my number one is the one that I would bust out all the time. Yeah. Okay. And it's one of my go-tos, so... And then my number eight is... It depends on the crowd, but I think right. it would go down pretty good. Cool. Awesome. So let's get into it. Starting with our number eights. Starting with you. Starting with me. All right. My number eight is the one that um, I, I have brought out a number of times with players. It's at first kind of intimidating, but then once they realize there's only really three different things you can do, that's it. And then that's the entirety of the game. It's kind of our go-to. It's gotten a lot of people into gaming while playing it. But knowing that it has its roots in Gin Rummy. That's the big thing. Getting I know what this is now. Cards. Once you set that. Yeah. yeah I kind of figured this was going to be on your list. I thought it was going to be higher. But then again, it can be a timid. Right. Exactly. And it's a bigger board game, you know. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. But that's Ticket to Ride. A very simple game. You're either picking up some cards based on the color. Everyone can see the colors on the boards. Go, okay. Well, there's... Three spots for for yellow. I need three yellow cards. Cool. Hey, there's some yellow cards. Well, I'll go for that. You know, train tickets aren't that bad. If you have any way to connect those two cities, you get the points. Cool. If and you then, don't, they're negative points at the end of the game. Yeah, if you don't, they're negative. So on your turn, you're either getting more tickets, laying down trains, getting some train cards. That's it. That's really all the game is. And so it's simple enough that most people um, can play it. They have played it. And it it sold. It's one of the highest selling games of all time, time just yeah. because it it's so easy for non gamers to get into it, and, and to just have simple, fun family time. And not just that, uh, because you have like a wide variety. I mean, your go to is going to be the basic ticket to ride. Yep. But if you want to teach it to like your younger nieces or nephews oh. or cousins, there's the My yep. First Journey. Yep. Uh, that will teach them like set collections. So, the Ghost yeah. Trains one is another kids version. Yeah. And then if even if you want a quick fix, you know you have. The, the mini versions, the city yeah, versions. the city versions, Amsterdam, London, New York City. Yep, exactly. San Francisco, right? San Francisco, and there's Berlin now. Berlin, So yep. there's five of them. Yep. Which is, I need to catch up. I only have four of those. I have London. Uh, That's all I have. Yeah, I, I own all of them. I like them all. New York is probably still my favorite. Uh, what's funny is I have London uh, for my small version, and I have Europe for my big version <laughs> to get to ride. <laughs> because I do own Europe as well, but yeah, I mean, the, the American map is where it's at. I'm looking forward to expect. To the, maybe it's just been on my mind because of the legacy version. Yeah, out, I so. do. I do want to try the the legacy, the one that just came out. Actually, yeah. a lot of people are getting their copies now. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. I'm not gonna lie. All right, so my number eight. Um, this is probably the, the. It depends on the crowd that I'm gonna bust this with, um, mm. and it's because it involves 
coloring. There is a little bit with people can mess with other people, but it's a really simple flip and write. And it's called cartographers. You're basically just drawing shapes on the map, and you, and you don't even have to put little pretty pictures on it. You could just do uh, shapes, and you're just going to score your points at the end of each round based on however you do. And that's why it's my number eight. It's because it's a little bit and more complicated. That's why I'm not ripping into you. <laughs> and it's, it's a little more complicated than yep. some of the other games on this list, but I like the fact that I have shown this to family members who are not gamers. Like, my mother-in-law enjoys this game, and she... Uh, had a hard time when we were trying to teach like a very simple i think it was like splendor or something like that she had a really hard oh. time with that but this one she's like oh, okay i'll put my little trees here and stuff like that and do this and then calissa was nice to her when she got the monster card <laughs> so that's the only thing is like and if you don't want to deal with that for like the negative points you know what house rule it don't put them in there when you're teaching new players and yeah. just let them try to get their points based off the scoring cards it's not that hard uh, I've shown this to family members. They've enjoyed it. I've shown it to friends who weren't really gamers. They've enjoyed it. Um, our mutual friend, uh, Gamehead Geek, um, his wife's not that big of a gamer. She games no. some. She fun. loves cartographers because of the coloring aspect of it. It's just, mm -hmm. it's a very calming game. And then when you don't play with the monsters, which you can, mm -hmm. uh, I choose to play with it all the time. But yeah, it's it goes down pretty well. Cool. All right. Number seven. Excuse me. To you again. To me again. All right, so my number seven is um, the other... Most of these are pretty small games as far as, you know, like board games. Uh, but this is the last of the actual board games that I have on here. And I picked it, even though it's a theme that normally non-gamers wouldn't be attracted to. I it, honestly have one board game on my list. <laughs> This is my second one. I mean, I, I have more than more than that. But yeah, this is my second one. Um, this is one of those go-to where, like, it's good for families. It's great. But even though it's fantasy-themed, with the combination of it being very simple to play and cooperative, work, makes it work really well. This is Castle Panic. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I knew this was going to be on your list. So I was just like, wait, cooperative? Yeah, cooperative fantasy. And again, like, I normally, when I think non-gamers, I don't think, oh, let's do something like Eldritch Horror themed, or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or fantasy, or let's do something that's like, oh, uh, trading in the Mediterranean, you know, like, I don't think of, like, the tropes. I try to actively avoid stuff like that, because it's like, that's really kind of things that the gamers, gamers do. Yeah. yeah. But this one just hits. This one is one of those ones where it doesn't matter how old you are. Maybe I got six years and above, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how how apprehensive they are. Once they understand the idea, and since everyone's working towards the same goal, anyone can have fun because it gives those exciting moments of like, yeah, yeah. oh, there's the giant boulder coming in, killed three goblins, but it took out a tower at the same time. Was it good? you know, has the wheeling and dealing because you're trading, you're trying to work together. Uh, it doesn't always require the alpha player because you have them closed off. Yeah. What's you thinking? Oh, no, I was just realizing I only have one co-op game on my list. Yeah. I thought I would have put more. Well, because that's not a very common thing. I This is my only co-op. <laughs> so don't worry. Yeah, th I this game goes over really well in, our, in my household with gamers and non-gamers alike. Gets everyone focusing on the same one, and like for most of my gamers that I show this to, this is their lightest game that they have in their collection. For all yeah. my non-gamers, 
they still buy it. Like, I mean, you it's, know, it's a light game in my yeah. collection, but I think I have lighter games. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, but the vast majority of them are heavier. Heavier gamers, right. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, this, this is a great one. Castle Panic, great, great version. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> my uh, number seven is a game that I've mentioned a lot on this podcast. It's one of my favorite go-to games to, to bust out when you're playing with non-gamers or just even with some of my gaming friends and you just want to cool off after playing like heavy games. Yeah. It's a very light game. Uh, it's some simple card play and some dice rolling. It's got a little bit of a fantasy theme because you're fighting dragons uh, and simple abilities on certain cards if you win them or not. And this is Dragonwood. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it's I mean, you're thinking this one. That's <laughs> such a good one. Yeah. It, it's it's so simple. You're either drawing cards or you're playing your cards out to roll so many dice to attack a certain creature. And those are going to be your points at the end of the game. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to attack a creature because you can attack uh, enhancement cards that are one-time use or permanent abilities yep. for you. Uh, the whole goal is to either go through the entire deck twice and score up your points or if someone beat, or if people beat both the dragons, and that's going to be the end of the game, there are some little bad cards in there that can wipe the board or do some weird shenanigans and stuff. But all in all, this is a very simple game. What you're trying to do is either play all of one color to roll a certain amount of dice. You want to either roll all of one number, or you want to do one, two, three, four, five of one color. I, th I think it's one color for the third. Uh, so you have like a you need to play a straight. You need to play all of one uh, number or all of one color. Yep. And it depends on what you're doing. It's you're screaming, you're stomping, you're uh, fighting, yep. and then those different things. Uh, each of the monsters will have different thresholds. So if you want to strike a bear, it'd probably be easier than stomping at it because the stomping is a higher threshold. Uh, and the dice aren't like a d6 or something like that. I think their highest number is a three or a four. There's some blank sides on it too. And yep. all you want to do one, two, two, three, three, four. And all you want to do is. Roll the, the set amount of dice, depending on how many cards you played, up to six, I think, is the maximum number you can roll, because you get mm -hmm. six dice. Yep. And then you count up your pips. If you beat uh, the threshold, you get the monster. Uh, it's in your points. You discard your cards. If you fail, uh, you take back uh, the cards out of you play. You have to discard one of those cards, but you get to keep the rest of those cards in your hand. That's right. Uh, there's some special cards in there, like the Lucky Ladybug, which allow you to draw two cards into your hand. You have a hand limit, I think, of eight. Very simple. I've shown this to non-gamers. I've shown this to gamers. It's always gone down well. Cool. Great one. Number six. Starting with me. All right. This one is one that you just recently showed me, uh, and Ooh. I showed it to my friends when we were on the cruise. I okay. played this one. It's a really, really good. It's a, actually a reprint of a very old game. This one is Buried Treasure by oh, Sid Saxon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very simple. You're just basically trying to make sets depending on the round. Mm -hmm. uh, you're either uh, playing cards, or not playing cards, but you're taking cards. But if you play a certain card, you get to steal cards from other people. Yep. The basically, grabby paw. The, the grabby paw. So mm -hmm. you're trying to make your set. But maybe I shouldn't go after the one that's going to score the most. Maybe I should go for the second most because other people are going to be fighting, like you and your son when we first played it. Yep. We're fighting over the number one. I'm like, I'm just going to take the two. Oh, look, I could take this like third spot, and I'm going to score both of those because I have the most on those, while you guys are you know, uh, scratching and clawing at each other for the lemons <laughs> or something like that. It's a very, very simple card game. Uh, it's very fun to play. Uh, it's one of the easiest games to teach out of the, my entire list, even though there's a lot that are very, very easy to teach. Uh, it's classic for a reason. Uh, I'm sad that Restoration is not going to reprint it, 
yeah. because this game deserves more love. It just kind of fell really through the does. cracks. Uh, this is one of my favorite Sid Mind you, I love a lot of Sid Saxon games. Yeah. This is one of my favorites that I've played recently. I've also enjoyed Bizarre. I think that should get a reprint as well. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Buried Treasure, very fun. I love the theme too. And it, it actually fits for something like this when you're going to Thanksgiving because there's a bunch of pies at Thanksgiving. So mm-hmm. if you play, you're playing Buried Treasure, it's about stealing pies, your raccoon stealing pies. Nothing better yeah. than that. That's a great theme. Really, really good. Very good pick. I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> uh, the next one is a team game that goes over real, always really well in pretty much every group that I play it with. And it even goes well with people who walk by and watch people play it. Because it, the concept of it is very simple. Um, it takes a little bit of uh, a little bit of learning curve just right at the beginning. But once you get past that, you're good. Because one person from each team is the clue giver. The rest of them are trying to figure out the clues. And that is... Codenames. Codenames, yes. 25 cards that are laid out in front of everybody. Because every game is better than with 5x5 five five grid. Remember that from CGE. <laughs> um, Quote, that should be on the box. You're like, tagline from CGE. Every game is better with 5x5 five 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 grid. grid. Yeah. So you have 25 words. I'm trying to get my team to guess all of the words on our team before you have your team guess all of your words. Or someone picks an assassin, too. Yep, or somebody picks an assassin. That extra little assassin bit on it is what sets it apart. Yep. Like, that's what makes it brilliant, is that there is one word that will just make you lose. Yep. Hands down. But out of the 24 remaining, everyone else can just kind of go, okay, it's either eight, seven, or six words that you're trying to figure out, mm-hmm. um, or something to that effect. Yeah. I forget how many. Some are innocent bystanders. You can pick one of those. Your turn's over. If you pick an opponent's card, they get the point, and, and your turn's over. Otherwise, you can just keep guessing as long as you want. But all you have to do is say one word and a number, and that's how many cards it relates to. So I can say possum four. And if there's four cards, wow, that would be a tough clue, though. But imagine if there's four cards that was related to the word possum, then you can guess those words, and for each one, you check to see if it's right, otherwise you stop. Really cool, great game. If you haven't played Codenames, you need to play it now. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Um, it is a good game. It's not my favorite game, though. No. Um, in fact, um, I've played Decrypto over Codenames. Not, like, sure. for fam- for non-gamers or something right. like that. Right, I agree. I prefer Decrypto as well. Uh, I would pick uh, Codenames Pictures over Codenames, personally. Okay. I like Duet version. Or Duel. I, yeah, version. Duel's cool. Yeah, yeah but, I like that significantly better. Yeah. All right, number fives. Well, back to me. So this is probably one of the easiest games on my list, but this is also the only game on my list here that has player elimination. But yeah. it's such a rambunctious game that it's fine. Uh, uh, and in fact, uh, our mutual friend uh, Jim actually enjoyed this game, and he hates player elimination. Yes, he does. And this one is Strike the Dice Game. Yeah. <laughs> How did I not think of this one? This is so good. It's it's so simple. Such a good because pick. you're just getting a set of dice depending on the number of players. Oh man! And there's one die in the middle, and you're just trying to chuck to make pairs. And if you pull all the dice out, you're making the next person throw all their dice in, yep. and then they take one of the sets. So like, if there's three dice that make a set, you can put those out. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is just such a fun, fun, rambunctious game. I've shown this to my non-gamer friends. 
They've really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's fine. Uh, I have the Harry Potter version, which gives you like special powers that mm -hmm. uh, uh, my group also likes. But you can even just play it with the basic rules where yep. you're just chucking the dice and you're making the pairs without playing the powers. It's a fun game. It's such... It goes down every time I show this to people. Yep. Uh, I remember our mutual friend Gamehead Geek bought the original Strike, and he had to import it from Germany because it wasn't out in America yet. Yep. And everybody loved it then. And then when I picked up my copy, I've shown it to family. I've shown it to friends. We really do enjoy it. Like, it's a great little crowd-pleaser game. because And it's fun when people see other people playing it. They'll come yeah. over oh, and yeah. see what's going on because it's just... You got, you're laughing because you're like, yes, I took all the dice and I'm making my wife throw all her dice in there. And she was kicking our butt, so she had most of the dice, so you guys chuck everything in there. Yep. And it's just, it's so much fun. Yeah, it really is. That That is a great pick. I can't believe I didn't think about it. <laughs> um, uh, Mario Fanatic said, wanted to get a copy of Codenames just for that purpose. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it works just so well. It's getting mm -hmm. busted every time. Um but Bang the Dice game, I used to own Bang the Dice game, and it was fun, As but it's, it's just extra... It's Yeah, it's a lot steps, of work, right? yeah. I mean, it's not difficult, it's just it's extra steps for other games that are a little more elegant. Well, and it's not just that, because it's kind of like... Uh, hidden Roll is hard to do with non-gamers. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a... Right. Yeah, it's Hidden Roll, social deduction kind of thing, because there's one person playing the sheriff, there's others playing outlaws. Yeah. So it's it's a fine game. I do enjoy it, but I wouldn't bring it out with non-gamers. Right. just there's too many rules, and it's a little more convoluted for what we're trying to do. Yeah. Speaking of fun dice games, my number five is in a tube. You probably already know what it Zombie is. Zombie dice? Yep. It's in a tube, <laughs> and there it is. No. Hey, it could have been Martian dice or a Dalek dice it's or same. Out of Time. It's the same game. It's the, well, no, 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 no. Martian dice, sir. Sir. Let me tell you this, Daniel. Martian Dice and Zombie Dice are very different games. I said what I said. <laughs> League. No. no, so Zombie Dice, but it is a go-to because it's just been around for a good time. Yeah. 13 dice, pull three every turn, roll them, keep the brains, you want those. Shotgun blasts to the face, you don't want those, but if you get three of them, you bust, and you don't score points that turn. That's about it. If, it, if they run away, you can just... Pull dice and roll again, but you always roll three on your turn. Every turn you choose to continue. Mm -hmm. I say this because it's it's combines two very quick things that work really well. One, have you played blackjack before? Because 90% of people have. Mm -hmm. Once they know, oh, blackjack. Yeah, you can either choose to stop or keep going, but you might bust. Yep. Like, got it. Easy. Or, bowling. Three strikes, you're, you're out. out. Which is not bowling. That is baseball. About three strikes ago. Aha. Uh Aha. -huh. Uh -huh. Even I got you, Mr. Sportsball. Anyway. No, but three strikes, you're out. So, like, baseball. You make it pass that. Yeah, anyway. You get what I'm saying, though. <laughs> if I had a hat, I'd be confused. <laughs> so, why, did I, why am I wearing a hat? Yeah, but, so... No, but Zombie Dice, it works really well. It's, yeah. it's a dark theme because you're zombies eating brains, but really yeah. it's like... There's no graphics to it. There's either brains or shotgun blasts on the dice. Yeah, it's a fine game. I don't, yeah. I don't mind it. Um, I just, honestly, I haven't thought about it all that much since you first showed it to us. It that's that is my go-to at the shop. Yeah. When people are like, I want to play a game, but I want to like, be quick right, about it. Yeah, it's either that or spot it, and spot it's not on my list. Yeah. So yeah, zombie dice number four. Back to me. My number four is. 
my introduction to drafting game in a sense uh it's very simple i've shown this to big parties little parties this plays up to i think six players if i remember correctly five or six this is a phil walker harding game one of the simplest phil walker game right games this is sushi go sushi go yeah and i i didn't choose party i just chose the basic sure. sushi go because uh-huh. it's the simplest game to show to people party's really neat what it does is because yeah. you can pick and choose the menu is what they call it and those are the cards you're going to be playing with that game. Great. If you already love Sushi Go, pick up Party. You'll enjoy it. Yes. But for me, Sushi Go is like that go-to drafting mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cute game, first off. It has really cute art on it. Uh, people already fall in love with that, especially if you got people who are really into sushi. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're really going to enjoy this one. And I, I go to the point of like our friend uh, Gamehead Geek. Uh, this is one of his wife's favorite games. Again, she's not a gamer, but she has no problem playing this game. Right. And so it's a quick game. It's uh, simple drafting. It's one of the easiest games to teach because you're basically just saying, hey, you're trying to basically make sets. So if you got people who are used to playing rummy, hey, you want to collect these. You want to get yourself these puddings because if you have the most, you're going to get points. If you have the least, you're going to get negative points. Don't want to deal with that. But right. All you're doing... Is trying to make sets because this is how they're going to score. Very, very simple uh, drafting game. Uh, I've shown this to my nieces and nephews at one point. They enjoyed it. I've shown this to my other gaming group. They liked it so much, he got himself a copy of it. And so they played that with their family, um, uh, like his, um, his in-laws, who are not gamers uh, <laughs> by any means. But they do enjoy playing this one because, again, it's so simple, it's easy, and it's quick. I think you can play a full game of this if everybody knows what they're doing in, like, 20 minutes. If you're teaching new people, it's about 30 minutes. It's not mm-hmm. it's not too hard and for people to grok. Yeah, very good. Number four for me. Uh, this is my go-to little card game that works really well. And I like it because... There's a familiarity with it. It is not Uno, but it looks like Uno. Okay. It is only numbered one through six, and then there's a seven style of card called a Llama. Oh, God. Yeah, I know you don't like Llama, but man, does it go over well every time I show it off. And this is this is one that my whole family likes. This is, uh, regardless of who it is in my family, they all like it a lot. Llama Dice is, or don't Llama Dice is so much better. Uh, that, that's fine, because we're gamers, right? Mm-hmm. And I like both. But Llama, at first, I was like, man, this is just, like, too simple. And I kept playing it, and the more I kept playing it, I'm like, man, I get it. Like, And, and I know this goes over really well with non-gamers because I brought it to uh, my daughter's cheer competition. So I would have something to do when she's not performing and I'm just with other families. And I just happened to bust it out and with a few other parents that were there. We just started playing Llama in the middle of a stadium, you know, like in, in like the back of a snack stand area like where they had like table, like a couple of tables and some chairs. Yeah. No, and the concessions weren't open at the time. We were just sitting there because it was an all day event. Yeah, it, it worked really well. We just sat there and played it a number of times. It's like, man, this is good fun. Llama is cheap package, mm-hmm. easy to play and easy to get people into because as soon as they go, oh, this looks like Kuno. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, except you're not playing color or number. It doesn't play quite the same. Yeah. But you are playing based on whatever card's on the top pile there. So if it's a one, you either play one or two. If it's a two, you play a two or a three. And you just continue going, trying to get rid of your cards. 
If you play a llama, you'll loop back around. Problem solved. I like it a lot. It works so well. It goes over like gangbusters in my group. Maybe you should try it more with your family. I know you don't own it, but it might be worth trying some more. No, I'm good. <laughs> Alright, well. I, don't get me wrong. I, I'm turning more and more to Kinesia fan. Some of yeah, these games that are especially... Them, yeah, uh, some of the newer ones have been really hitting pretty good. Yep. Like Seen Jerundar, yep. uh, Mili Fiori. Those have hit really good. But yeah, Llama, when we played it the first time, I think both me and our mutual friend Dom were just like, Mm-mm. No, you're upset. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. I did not enjoy it, and yeah. we we weren't even playing with the actual cards because you made uh, it was like with the deck of cards. Yeah, because you are like, I know how to do this. Let's play it. I'm like, all right, played it. Wasn't enamored. We played it again when you got the actual set. Well, it still wasn't enamored. I yep. was like, I'm good. Yeah, but don't llama dice is fun. Yeah. And it has way less choice, too. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like so weird. Players have way less agency in that game. <laughs> Yet somehow, it's like, roll dice and then just, like, do you get a reroll? No. Is there any mitigation? No. No. But it's fun. You just I, get rid I, of the card. I don't know what it is. All the cards, yeah. I just, I like Don't Llama Dice more than Llama. And it's... Sure. All right, so we're going to number threes now, huh? Number threes. Here we go. All right. Back to me. This one, uh, it's interesting because you can't play it with a bigger player count. Uh, you can or cannot? Can't. Okay. But it goes down every time I show it to new gamers or friends. Uh, you actually showed this game to me and my wife. I'm in two now. At a restaurant. We were playing it and the waitress was asking us uh, what we're playing. And this is Can't Stop. This is another yep. Saxon. Again, Sin Saxon has some of the simplest, but some of the best games out there. He's yes. he's the original. I've turned Emerson, you into a Sin Saxon yeah. fan. He, he's the original Emerson Matsuchi, where everything's just dropped to the core yep. of things, and it's such a simple place. And so that's what the Can't Stop is. It's a very fun little push-your-luck game. You have to put one, on your first turn, you have to put up one of your little cones based on what your dice rolls become. You have to make at least uh, a pair and you can put yep. one, but you could put two of your cones, but you only have three cones. So you either need to move up the two cones up there, up that you can, yep. or you got to put out your third cone, or you could choose to stop once you put stuff out there, and then you you stay where you're at. But the first person to make it up to three different points on Cat Stop wins the game. It's very simple. But yep. Everybody I've shown this to, they love it. You've shown it to a lot of people. They yep. thoroughly enjoy it. Almost everybody I've shown it to is like, I like this. I, I, like this. I, I do. There's something greatly satisfying about it. Yeah, it's just because it's it's very simple. It's very fun. Yep. I like the one that the version I have. I like the one you have too because it's like the actual stop the sign. Plastic, you can yeah. plug into it. Mine is an actual stop sign, but it's a player mat. So we, if you're very careful, we could oh, just turn it. Senior version then. Yeah, we could turn it over to other people just by rotating cool. the mat. It's really neat. Uh, but yeah, can't stop. It just goes down very well and is very simple. Cool. That's a very good pick. My number three, uh, speaking of dice games, and technically a board, so is mine. Except mine can play as many players as you happen to have dice for. Tumbling Each player needs about six dice. Tumbling yeah. dice? Tumbling dice. Uh, four to six dice. I forget how many it is. I think, I think it's, it's four. Four yeah. or five. Four or five, yeah. Tumbling dice. I mean, it's... It, Yahtzee! It's, Yahtzee! Yeah, no, it... Tumbling dice works really well because I mean, once you get past the the price barrier of the board, mm-hmm. that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. And you have all the dice. All you're doing is checking out. Speaking of Eagle Griffin, I think or, that's or, yeah, that's yeah, also Eagle there. Or you can get someone to make you a board. Yeah, make you a custom board. <laughs> you know, because you have really cool friends like that, yeah. right? Yeah. No, it 
Tumbling dice just goes over gangbusters every single time. Because all you have to do, take a die, shuck it down the board. That's it. Yeah. That's no. the rules. Whatever, at the end of the game, any dice that are still on the, the board, board score depending level. on their layer. Yep. If you Time's want to uh, open the, the closet sure. right there, uh, my board is like leaning up against the wall. We can show the custom board I have. Yeah, that's right. All right, go ahead and tell them about why my choice is so good. Uh, it's it's a very phenomenal game, and it, it goes down. It's a, actually a very fun uh, custom game, too, because uh, we played a giant version of this at a con. You just drop it everything, huh? Yep, apparently. So, yeah, this is my custom board my buddy made me. It's very simple. Uh, normally, like, if you get the Eagle Griffin version, it retracts. Uh, you can yeah. just lean it against the wall. You can the take wall. apart layers and whatnot. Yeah, it's 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 a very fun game. Uh, I love the the you flip the dice or you can push the dice. You can also try to knock people's uh, dice off the board. Mm -hmm. This way, they're not scoring points. Uh, and every time you're like, all right, I get down to that bottom layer because it's times four, but then it's like one because someone knocked it into a one and it bounced off the peg and flipped it over. And I'm like, no, it was a four. Yep. Yeah. No. It it just goes over so well and being able to knock each other's dice. The satisfying cook, 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 cook. Mm. you know you can't control the numbers you know it's random but especially when someone makes a giant version of, of it game. you're throwing inflatable dice yes which we've done at a convention and man was that good foam board mm. it was held up with dowels that was really questionable but so great yeah it was so much fun yeah. um even our, our, our recently uh passed away friend lincho he yeah enjoyed the yep. mess out of that one we were having so much fun exactly yeah uh and then um another reason i it did make my list uh I, it was made on my short list yeah it's just because the price point for one thing too sure and then trying to lug yeah. that version of what i have to yeah. a family our thing. version is a little yeah. prohibitive but i i like to think of it as like you know you go into like not pool halls but like game rooms that like mm -hmm. non-gamer like not gamers gamers but like uh, people who have like a game room that has like a pool table, mm. dart board, stuff like that. I can see this having a place in there. Yes. I could see that being on a little podium, having a thing of dice, you know, just rolling yeah. it down. No different than a ping pong table, you know. No, it's no, the no. Same I, don't, idea. I, don't, I don't disagree. And that's it, why I like it. It's a dice shuffleboard almost. Yes. Yeah, pretty much in a weird way. So. Tumbling Dice, that's my number three. Uh, that's a good pick. Like I said, it was on my short list, but I was thinking more of uh, the cost of two, one thing and then two, yeah. taking that to... Because my, my family lives about 40 miles from me. Yes. <laughs> so me taking that to El Paso, I'm sure. good. Sure. Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> number two? Number two. All right. All right, back to me. My number two is probably the one that can hold the most, uh, the biggest group that you can get in this one. This is a straight-up party game, but every time I've showed this, and again, this is another one you showed us, and you've actually ran a big group of it at my one of my bigger birthday parties. At my old place, we did a massive game of this. I think there was like 12 to 15 people at my house, and I had smoked like 25 pounds of brisket, and we played this game. And it just, it goes down so well. Sometimes like, people don't get the reference, but when you're playing certain ways, you're like, oh, okay, I get what they're saying because you have to listen to the clues. This one's time's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've played this with my family. I've taken this to like a Christmas and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's gone down really well because, again, the one I have has a good mix of like uh, musicians from the 50s, 60s yep. to modern movies. So like my nieces and nephews could get into it. It's just, it's so much fun because it plays in three rounds. 
First round, you can give uh, as many clues as you want, but you can't skip any of the cards, and you're on a little timer, and then it switches to the next people, and so you're trying to listen to how everybody clues, because mm -hmm. in the second round, you're using the same deck of cards, but you can only give one-word clues, and yep. then you're scoring your points based on that, but you can pass if you can't get it, and everything is still the same amount of time. But then, if you play charades, this is where everybody loves it, because when yep. you get into the third round, you have to act out what the... the uh, Yep. The the scene is or, or whatever it is. So like if it's the Love Shack from the B fifty twos, you have to figure out how you're gonna uh, play that out. And so it is so much fun. It makes uh, such a raucous uh, uh, laughter, and everybody gets into it. And like I said, it's a good mix for older family members and younger family. My grandma was laughing when we were playing this. She wasn't playing per se. But when we got into the charades parts and people were just doing, like, random stuff, it was like uh, my brother did an MC Hammer dance because I think one of the, the, the clues was MC Hammer is too legit to quit or something like that. It was it was so random. And he's, That's like, brilliant. he's fluffing up his pants and stuff like that because, you yeah. know, he's got those parachute pants. Yep. So it, it, was, it was good times. That's brilliant. My number two... Um... This is our first crossover that you brought up earlier. This is um, Phil Walker Harding. Yeah, uh, Sushi it. Go. Sushi Go. Yeah, this was one of my first ones I went to. Because at first I was like, okay, I want something like a card drafting. Because like, drafting is a very simple, like, just take what you want. Mm -hmm. For a moment, I almost considered Seven Wonders Architects. But I was like, really, though, like, that, even though, like, the components are beautiful and that's, like, exciting for people seeing the components on the table might be intimidating, but Sushi Go, who and not doesn't just, like food? And not just that, because of the yeah. special abilities, too, the buildings, which you right. do, stuff like that. Yeah. Once you do the special things, mm -hmm. the different types of cards, yeah. So I was like, even though that's like one of my go-to like, gateway games, oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's not my go-to drafting game. Yeah. And that, it's literally, if the cards were any more complicated than they were, they're pretty much just, which ones do you want to score? And they mm -hmm. make sense based on the sushi, yeah. you know? The tempura, you want pears. Sashimi, you want three of a kind. That It's that simple. A lot of people understand that if they know anything about sushi. Mm -hmm. And even somebody who doesn't eat sushi, yours truly, mm -hmm. like, the theme works for me because it's crazy adorable sushi, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I don't know. The art is brilliant. GameRite really knows what they're doing when it comes to games for non-gamers. Oh, yeah. Very I, much I so. think GameRite is the Nintendo of board games. It, re it really is. Because, um Actually, a lot of GameRite games went on my short list. The only one I yes. came up with is Sushi Go because I wanted to talk about other games. But yep. Abandoned All Artichokes was on my short list. Because sure. it's, it's a very simple card shedding game. And you're just drafting cards into your hand in a sense. Basically, something comes out, you pick it up, then you play your cards, and you're just trying not to have artichokes. Right. Very great, uh, fun little game. In fact, one of my friends, that's one of their favorite games. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Um, and so it's just they uh, Trash Pandas is another simple one. We played that yep. on the cruise, and it went Trash down pretty well. So, yeah, it's just they, they hit on all levels. But I agree with you. Sushi Goes is the best one on there because one of the easier ones to get. Nobody likes vegetables, so they don't want to play artichokes. Right. <laughs> so, even though you're abandoning them. Yeah. You still have to use other vegetables. To do it. Come on. Yeah. Come on. It should be like candies and stuff. A lot of people like sushi in a sense. Sure. And it's really cute sushi. Yeah, it really is. When it comes down to cute foods, I mean, Bendel Artichokes is there. Uh, Gonuts for Donuts is pretty high up there for me, but Sushi Go. Another uh, one that was on my short list. This is not an uh, actual um, uh, game right, but it made me think of it. Was Point Salad too? That was on oh, my short sure. list. Oh sure, yeah. 
But I think I, for me, that one was like, there's just too many steps. Yes, there's too many steps. It, as simple as it is, but also, immediately the term point salad is a gamer term. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it, Non-gamers aren't going to get the, the ha-ha the, the joke. Ha-ha, yeah. Right. They might appreciate the combinations, but they're not going to get the joke that would immediately lead a gamer in. All right, so we're number ones. Number one. And you know what? I'm not even going to flip this because my number one you've already said. Really? Yep. My number one you spoke of very recently. This was the number one choice I picked because I do bring it to almost every... Not, any group that I know there's not going to be game, non-gamers there, this is my go-to. Uh, time's up? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Everything you said about it. Hey, Coach, this is the only game I've seen my that my father-in-law actively chose to play and did the Ace Ventura butt-talking. <laughs> like, my... I, I believe he's in his 50s or 60s right now. He did the Ace Ventura thing. And that was one of the funniest <laughs> moments that we've ever had as a family. That that will always be in my mind. Um, no, Fairy Trick did not make my list. Although that one is a recent new one that I've been enjoying lately. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's so good. So, so good. Uh, everything about Time's Up just leads to... Because uh, everyone knows what password is. Everyone knows what charades is. is yep. Everyone knows what, you know, the, like these guessing games. Trying well, to figure it out. Like and when you're talking like well, older family members, uh, they had an old yeah. game show that they watched Pyramid. It's kind of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. You're just <laughs> listing off all the words. So like it's everyone already knows how to play each level and the way it expands on everything. It's one of the best party games and it's one of the best family games and it's one of the best non-gamer games. Yeah. Hands down. I hope that game stays in production forever. Yeah, no, I, I do enjoy it. It, it. This, that one, and my number one were like hand in hand, the first two I thought of. Okay. And I was like, which one am I just going to pick one? Yeah. Uh, for one. Because it's like 1A, 1B. Yeah, the flip a coin, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yep. And so my number one is kind of along the lines of just one, or uh, time's up. I just said it. It's just one. I knew this would be on your list. Yeah. I was like, this it's, is It's a, a go to. I've shown this to a lot of people. Um, yes. And it, it just, it hits so well. Like, my family enjoyed it. Uh, mm-hmm. This is another one I showed to my mother-in-law. She's enjoyed it. Uh, we actually played this game over the uh, internet with my mother-in-law. Yep. And it went down pretty well. This is a game that got me through uh, COVID. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I can play this easily. You just need one person to put up the card over webcam. Yep. And if it's for me, I just have to look the other way. And then they write it down, like, on a whiteboard or whatever mm-hmm. they need to do. It's basically you get uh, cards. They have one through five. If you're the one that has to guess the card number, you pick one of those numbers. Mm-hmm. And then everybody has to give you a one-word clue for that card. And they cannot come up with the same word or it basically is eliminated. Yeah. Very simple game. And it's a co-op. So you're just trying to make the most points as a team mm-hmm. uh, to be successful. Uh, it's a go-to game because it's so simple. Yep. And it goes down so well. No, don't get me wrong. Some of the newer ones that have come out, uh, the wife was talking about, like, fun facts. I'm like, yeah, but that's more of an icebreaker-style game. Right. Whereas this one is, like, you're trying to actually work together. With, whereas fun facts right. is you are working together, but you're just... It's more of a get-to-know-you kind of thing. And I consider fun facts, too, because I've brought that for my coworkers. Yes. And we've played it, and they, they've actively requested it again. And I need it, to find it, because I don't know where I put it. And then the other one was uh, So Clover, which is 
really good, and my wife likes actually Slow Clover yeah. a lot. The only difference is that one's a little bit more gamery than yes. Just One, because Just One is by far one of the simplest games, and it's so much fun, because all of a sudden, like, if you're the person that has to guess, and you have your eyes closed, and just waiting for people to, to mention, and they're like, okay, everybody ready? All right, turn around, and you just hear the, ah! <laughs> <clears throat> that groan it's just it's hilarious every time it just makes you like oh god and yeah. so when you they're like okay open your eyes and you got one clue it's like oh god yeah. no what did you guys do yeah <clears throat> and it's like do i take this guess and you know take one off the top of our score pile or is it a good I, enough clue or i've seen honest? a group of four play this and they all compare their answers and they all sit down like good luck <laughs> <laughs> it's just, the person's like what like yeah yeah, I played this at a full contingent of seven. Yeah. And everybody thought of something the same. <laughs> Only one clue. So uh, six out of the seven had to put down. Yeah. <laughs> so That's it, brilliant. it's so good. I, I do enjoy this one. So my pick is just one. Awesome. So hopefully that gave you guys some good ideas as the holiday season is coming up over Thanksgiving and Christmas here in the United States or any other holidays that you may be celebrating. If, as you're gathering with friends and family, please check out these games because we can't recommend them enough. These are our go-to games mm -hmm. for anybody who we're playing with that are non-gamers. And that's why we picked it. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to join us on a live podcast uh, with our friends Illuminous, Mario Fanatics, and um, I forgot the other name, but there was another person who joined us in the chat. Let's see here. Malkara. Malkara. Thank you all for tuning in. You can join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. We j tend to film on Tuesdays, but if you are not sure, and if we're not sure, follow us on there so you can get notified whenever we go on live. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube under youtube.com slash at everydayboardgamespodcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and now Apple. And if you want to email us directly, whether it's ideas for future episodes, just to say hi, or to enter an impossible future contest, hint, hint, only the contiguous 90, or 48, uh, for, 48 sorry, <laughs> um, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. With that being said, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. I've been your host, Daniel. I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.